Welcome to the You Go First podcast. This is the place where we bring together thought leaders, business pioneers, personal development gurus, and just about any person we discover that will inspire and compel you to go first in all areas of your life. Please welcome keynote speaker, philanthropist, and the official head dream chaser for Odyssey Teams, Inc., our host, Lane Hensley. Hey, Bob, you go first. No, Lane, I'd prefer you go first. You go first. <laughs> no, no, bro, you. I always go first, at least here. And uh, so here we are. You go first. Lessons from the Odyssey. I'm like, pinch me, I'm dreaming. My mentor, Bob Petrello, is in the house. <laughs> and many people have come into my life and had a huge impact on me. But you're, you, you got, if you're not the top, I don't know who is. I mean, I want to thank you for taking some time to come here today, Bob. Lane, and everybody should have you as a cheerleader. <laughs> I'm your hype man. You're the best. You know what? Uh, I, I love this show. I love just sitting down and capturing a sense of conversations I've had with people who have changed my life. And there's been many times where we've talked and you say things that just blow my mind. I think, wow, I wish we recorded that. So uh, to introduce our guest today, Bob Petrello lives in San Diego, originally from New York. You're a psychologist and I met you because of course you do lots of uh, executive coaching and leadership development for Disney and other huge companies. And I was blessed enough to be brought in to support you at one of your programs once upon a time. And it was life-changing for me. Not only because the day that we worked together, I think the first time I was on The Price is Right, like my episode was airing. Right, right. But you asked me, and I wanna remember this, we have a ton to unpack today, but you asked me three questions like, uh, what did I admire in my parents? Is that it? Yeah. What yeah. did I admire in my parents? What was a, a need I had that went unmet? And how did I like adapt myself or develop some coping mechanism to mask that pain? Right. And I feel emotional just like sitting here and going through it. And it rocked me. And I want our listeners to have a chance to get, how did you get that theory? What are other theories? And what's, what's your new thing? Because you've been talking to me about this, this new kind of, evolution of everything that you've right. put together in your career right please bob thanks for being here uh whew. tell uh, us about yourself and let's let's dive in well Lee, first of all it's really you know i have so much love and respect for you that it's uh, it's an honor to be doing this with you thank you so let let's dive into those those three questions uh, you know I, I want to assure your audience that i just didn't walk up to lane and say you know uh what did you admire about your mother? <laughs> That'd be a little rough. Uh, I could take it. Uh, it's a, this is, um, it's known by many names. It's a proprietary process developed by my absolutely best friend, Dr. Paul Brenner. Paul, Paul was a, a major figure in um, medicine of the, of the soul, medicine of the, of the heart. One of the biggest OBGNY practices in, in La Jolla, innovative cancer surgery for women, uh, moved on into the field of uh, psychology and, and consciousness. And uh, he's known a lot of the greats. And in his psychology practice, he developed three questions that if, if a person can answer these three questions, he was able to, to draw out a map of how this person might show up in life in many, many different ways. You know, what might be some of their biggest interpersonal issues? How might they work in a team? What might happen to them in love, intimate relationships? What qualities or characteristics did you, did you admire in both your mom and your dad? 
And one word that he says, please don't use is my mom loved me. You know, tell me how, what way did your mom love you? Did she provide security for you? You know, did she, was she a good cook? What did you really admire? Answer the same question about your, uh, your dad. Second question is, what's the unmet need? What would you have wanted from your mom and your dad that you didn't get? And it's not trying to find fault with your, your mother and father. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know, perhaps your, uh, your dad was working for the family and had to do two jobs. So the unmet need is, is I didn't see him a lot. There wasn't yeah. a lot of time. And of course, if you don't have a mom and dad in the traditional sense, whoever's caring for you exactly. as a child. Yeah, exactly. The third is, what are the coping mechanisms that you use to not feel the discomfort of that unmet need? Because, you know, basic psychology, kids don't like to feel uncomfortable. And so then what they do is they, they'll, they'll act in a certain way to deflect that discomfort, hopefully to, to transform it. So if someone can answer those three questions, I can draw out for them this very interesting roadmap. And it's, I think it's been one of the aces in the hole I've had as being an executive coach. Yeah. That, that, you know, I've had comments, people have said, you've saved me two years of therapy. Or, <laughs> or I've been talking to my therapist for so long and you, you just kind of, you got right to the heart of it. Yeah. Well, it's, what I love about it is that the questions are somewhat mathematical, almost like a computer would work. Um, uh, there's a certain bandwidth of, of, of information that, that comes out of uh, uh, each question. So, um, so for a listener out there right now, they're thinking, okay, what are, how would I answer these questions? And I know you worked for the Center for Creative Leadership for a long time. That's yeah. kind of where you honed maybe your craft yeah. as part of like a, this bigger system. And then you went out on your own and used these mentors or best friends that had this, this, these gifts for you. So, right. and that's, that's, those are questions you've been asking to top executives within Disney and other companies. And yes, yes. And, and that's, and it's like, it's really walking on the edge because you don't, you know, it's not therapy. However, the issues that come up are tremendously deep. And uh, at Disney once they brought in, um, oh, I think about a hundred managers from around the world and having people begin to look at um, some interesting patterns, patterns that I've seen in, you know, in, in working with people. Uh, one, one of the truths, I think one that you like, is, is that people's weaknesses in most instances are their strengths taken to excess. Bob is, is, is quick and, and uh, he comes to conclusions really, really quickly. And, and then I look at the things around development and they're like, sometimes Bob goes too fast. <laughs> sometimes Bob doesn't ask me, you know, at the, you know, and people are thinking, what, what do you, what, what do you want from me? What do you yeah. want from me? Yeah. You know? Uh, and uh, when they can begin to understand how, um, uh, how their wiring works, you know, one, let me dive into one, uh, one question and use me as, a, as an example. When you're looking at uh, identifying these core values from, your, uh, from your, uh, the male and female uh, in, in, uh, in the process, they break down into pretty much three essential uh, categories they have so much meaning that they they hit our life as our core values 
the qualities and characteristics that we really, really uh, have embodied ourselves. Our sense of entitlement, if people aren't acting out of our core values, we'll feel like something's missing. Mm. And it's our direct language for love. You know, if any of the listeners out there are looking at uh, writing an, an ad for a uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, wanting to hook up with somebody. You know. <laughs> they don't write ads anymore. Well, they we're don't. About now there's like oh, dating sites oh, and stuff. Like. I've been so out but of that. Yes, if they're typing in like, this is me. This is me. Just put down the qualities and characteristics that you admired about your parents. Uh, and more than likely, you're going to find somebody that you have a tendency to resonate with. Yeah. So let me give you an example by, by what, what I mean about how do you identify one of, one of these qualities and characteristics. Yeah. So when, when you look at your, your parent, I, I look at my mom, for instance, and I think of, God, you know what I liked about my mom was her independence. She really was um, you know, a person that did many things kind of before they were really you know, popular. Uh, a, a working uh, woman you know, in, the, in, the, in the 30s, in, in, uh, in Manhattan, you know, not, not a lot of, you know, people doing it. I remember her taking me uh, in, into New York City and really feeling like, wow, this person knows where they're going. They have this, mm -hmm. this sense of independence, mm -hmm. strength. My dad was very generous. I can remember him when he were going out to visit the relatives in New Jersey, we'd stop at a special cookie place because the relatives out there like these cookies. Uh -huh. And it, and I saw how people responded to him when he gave the cookies. There was love. So yeah. I would say um, that independence and generosity are qualities mm. and characteristics that are on my core value list. No, my, no question. I've known you 20 plus years. Okay. I, yeah, this is, this is awesome. Okay, so awesome. here's how the, the, the system works. Unbeknownst to you, whenever you have identified your core value, you've set up a major system in play. Um, so let me uh, demonstrate with, with my words. So if I look at independence, and Elaine, I'm, I'm gonna have you uh, um, pretend that, the, you're, that they're your words, and I want you to give me the, the, the answers. They'll be, they'll be close to mine, but just so there's some interaction yeah, here. Yeah. So, uh, Lane, what's the opposite of independence. Dependence. What's the overuse of independence? Imagine somebody just using independence all the time, all the time, uh, all could the time. Could it be just like a solo kind of narcissistic kind of? Uh, I, yeah, well, like, well, I let's be nice. Let's get <laughs> kind of more isolated, okay, yeah, lone, lone, lone wolf. wolf. Yeah, okay, yep, okay. Yep. So this is the system that, that, that gets set up is, is that as soon as you identify something that's core to you, that's really important to you, automatically what shows up is an opposite because we live in duality and an overuse. Now the overuse of the core value is something that, uh, here's how you move to your overuse. So if I have C independence as being the key thing for me, whenever I'm around dependency, yeah. I'm a little wary. So mm -hmm. if I'm working with- You see them as needy, you might see them as negative things. Like needy, if you're not being nice. Ne yes. Negative. Clingy. Clingy. Yeah, smothering you. Smothering uh -huh. me. And so 
I can hang with it. You know, it's not like an autoimmune system. As soon as I come in touch with a dependent person, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to react. But after a while, it gets wary. It wears on you. Yeah. Wears on you. And so if you're stuck, let's say you're in a job and you're working with someone who uh, you're independent and they're, they're dependent, what's going to begin to happen? And I see this happen with, uh, with executives. They move their attention away from the person and they just go into more self-protection. You know, I'm not going to talk to, to that person. I'm going to kind of do it myself. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, but what that behavior does when you're in the overuse is it annoys other people and it, <laughs> and it, and it doesn't make you feel good. Yeah. Because it's not independence. It's not that the juicy part of, of, um, of independence. Same thing with generosity. So what's the opposite of generosity? Being like stingy or, or uh, frugal. Or, okay. Yeah. What's the overuse of generosity? I get walked on. I feel like I'm giving away everything all the time. I'm just giving, giving, giving. I never get exhaustion. Anything. I'm exhausted. What yeah. Loss of self. Yeah. So people are caught in between trying to avoid the opposite of their core values, moving to the overuse of them, always feeling out, out of balance. So this new insight that, that you talked about, Lane, it kind of keys off of this, of this uh, you know, question. Just to, just to kind of back into, the, into to this in, insight a little bit, how I even kind of came upon it, is uh, I think you know I do you know art uh, you know yeah, f yeah, yeah. fuse class art yeah, and, yeah. and uh, uh, I was lucky enough to have a piece that was put into like a public exhibition in, in our botanical garden and I had a buddy coming over and he was um, he's an art critic you know he's a, a art buyer and you know, he kind of knows like legit uh, okay he's I'm legit. bringing in the pro here he's what legit. you gonna think of my my musing so I'm feeling pretty proud <laughs> you know I said hey you know Robert I want to show you uh, something I got in an exhibition he looks at this and he goes that's great that is really really good I really like and it you're like oh it's okay. good so I'm, I'm feeling yeah. all right good doubt there's a few other pieces I want to show you so I'm I'm taking him around he's going Nah, I don't like that. <laughs> That's okay. No. Yeah. And I'm I, looking at it, scratching your head. This curiosity <laughs> came up for me. I thought, I, what does he see? You know, because to me, I look at them and they look like just finished pieces of art to me. So they said, what, what makes you like something and what makes you not like something? And he goes, oh, it's very simple. It's the geometry of it. I said, well, and he takes out a piece of paper and draws for me um, this, this ratio um, that he called, it's the golden ratio or the, the golden triangle and, 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 and shows me that by placing uh, things on, uh, you know, on, in, my, in my artwork in a certain proportion, that the eye goes to it and feels comforted mm -hmm. there. And he goes, I want you to buy a book. Because the book is called The Power of Limits. Mm. And uh, I'll just hold the book up here now. I'm not suggesting, this book is a tough read. Uh, <laughs> it's not like, a, a, but but it, I feel this book has changed my life. It's a guy, I can't barely pronounce his name, Giorgi Dossi a pattern forming process that goes through 
all of nature and some man-made, uh, you know, buildings, art, you know, pottery, whatever, yeah. that is um, essentially representing the tension of opposites. The bottom line is what you're seeing here is the, the Fibonacci sequence. And it is it's showing the, the creation of this spiral mathematically. And it's coming from the, um, these rectangles that you can see. Here's the first one. Um, they call it the minor, the major. The minor, the major. Uh, oh, the, minor, the minor, the major. The major. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And what you see in this is no matter how small you go or how large you go, this proportion will stay the same. This proportion in, in like, a, oh, you know, they, okay. they, they talked about it in biology. So you're, you're seeing um, a daisy grow. I, I love they, they have a, uh, a quick picture of here's this daisy. And then they show mathematically about how this daisy, each one of these oh, little, yeah, li wow, little, little buds is um, created through, it's, it's a mathematical proposition. To make that look like it is, it follows that, that unbelievable mathematical equation. Yeah, so we've come, now we're talking about art. We're talking about the, the questions you asked me in the beginning and yep. some of those really early conversations we had. When I remember you, the first time we worked together and you know maybe I was you know doing my thing and you're like, hey, look, you know, here's what I need from you. I need to be able to talk to you about X, Y, or Z that I saw in your delivery. And if, if I can't have this conversation with you, I know myself, I'll distance myself from you. Yeah. Like, and I just echoed back as you're talking about that. And here we've, and I, of course, embraced it, like, teach me sensei. <laughs> like I wanted, <laughs> I, I'm always just thirsty for more Bob. And I know you've even done like a program you call an epiphany with Bob, where you were spending 24 hours or a certain right. amount of time with executives going, I can guarantee you an epiphany, a guaranteed epiphany. I guarantee you. And every time I'm with you, I have these guaranteed epiphanies. And I hope right now listeners are able to just really lock in on this evolution because you, you take these simple, beautiful kind of thoughts and you're obviously a gifted facilitator and you're just so good at connecting with people. I love, I love being around you. But, uh, and now I know you've talked to me about this relationship between this minor and major. Yes. And how it impacts the way Gene and I, my wife and I, like what parts of our relationship are in that minor oh, major I get balance it. and how you're creating something new. And so from the perfect balance of nature you're saying like or the perfect balance of beautiful art or right the same is true in our social relationships th that's that what that's what i'm i'm coming to that's what i'm coming to so let, let me let, let me take that and and, and just yeah expand the example so um lane let's let, let's be bold here let's get what is uh if if you look back at a core value you know our core values not only, you know, I don't believe any theory holds everything, but I believe in the concept of the 80-20 principle, that if you can find, um, if 20% is causing 80% of, of your outcomes, 20% of behavior is causing 80% of your outcomes, wouldn't it be smart to look at the at the, the 20%? Sure. So the 20% for me is you get your core values from your um, 
parents. But let's see if you can give me one of your core values. Like uh, loyalty. Like okay. Per, oh, all right, people perfect. around me that I just know, I just know we're loyal to each other. We just, we're, we're, you know, we have each other's back, so to speak. Okay. So yeah. here's how the process works. What's the opposite of, of loyalty? So, and I can't trust them. I, distrust or disloyalty. Disloyalty. Yeah. Okay. There's no, there's no gotcha game in any of these questions. <laughs> What's the overuse of loyalty? I could become blind to become blind. the evolution of our relationship. Yeah, you become blind to like, like, like because you want to be loyal, you know, it'd be very hard for you to, you know, maybe make Ooh, tough decisions. Okay. I'm locked in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what is or, in your Or words? I would sacrifice too much of myself. Sacrifice too much yeah, of yourself. I, I lose myself in my loyalty to a person. Exactly. Or to a thing. Okay. So here is the understanding from this, from this uh, you know, book I got. Everything works in terms of paradox, opposing forces. So loyalty is always going to be a major Amazing, thrust yeah. for you. But when we identify your true minor of your paradox is loyalty to self. Hmm. What that means is if you can begin to embrace, oh my God, I cannot stay in the sweet spot of loyalty to others unless I'm really being loyal to me, I have to begin to identify what does that mean? So what that might mean to be loyal to you is to not please somebody by being loyal to them. And you might see that as disloyal. Dude, I have something like a guaranteed epiphany with Bob. Like it's blowing my mind right now. I woke up this morning with this like sense that I didn't deserve the life I have. Like, but I'm realizing it's because I've been more loyal to myself and I perceive it as being selfish. Yes. Yes. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, like that's it. I look at my wife, I look at my life, I look at you. I was like, how do, how does this loyalty? And I, it's so weird. I just, honestly, it's an overwhelming feeling of not, not deserving. Right. And it's right because my perception of when I'm doing something for myself, because it's not throwing Gene off at all. I played tennis the other day. I went fishing with you. I, I, I'm doing things for myself and I'm thinking there's a shoe that's going to about to drop somewhere. Like somehow I'm like disrupting the balance of right. power, but it's only for me. Right. Not for her. Right. Not for Ross, not for the audience. They're just like, oh, good for you. Like they want that for me. Yes. But I don't, I don't let it happen. You don't let it happen because you, so th this is what happens to us is, is that we get stuck in the shadow part of our paradox. It's not the, what is opposite is really, we need to, we need to begin to embrace that. So everybody's throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And that's why I think people feel miserable because they're out, they have not identified their, their true paradox. At least, I, I like models. I, I don't think just, you know, finding what your true paradox uh, is, is gonna, you know, we'll have a breakthrough like, like maybe you've had with this. But I think we have to begin to see our lives as what good duality looks like. Yeah. You know, I wanna be a good looking daisy. 
<laughs> I, I don't want to be a warped daisy. Now, and some people, they think of duality, you think of equality, like the head and tails of a penny, but it's not. It's, it's not. duality of balance. It's it's this, you know, and, and I think a lot of people have gotten the idea of duality from the yin-yang sign, which is yeah, a 50-50 yeah. yes. model. That's not how duality works. There's a major and a minor. Major and a minor. So to you know, to give the audience a couple of more examples with mine. So the the true opposite of independent is interdependent. Hmm. So if I if I know that I need interdependence to really make independence work, I don't have to have a fear of asking help from anybody else that I'm going to be losing my independence because I know that I need some interdependence to make dependence work. Interdependence is my minor. Wow, okay. And so with generous, it's kind of similar to, to yours. It's generous to others, generous to myself. So because I'm afraid of being stingy, because we're all afraid of what our opposite of our core values are, because oh, we don't want to contaminate that. So I'm afraid of being stingy. So I not, might not be generous to myself when my buddy says, can you help me move my couch and I have a bad back? <laughs> you know? It's interesting because I'm, I'm picturing for myself, like when we have this realization, like, oh, I'm too independent. I need to be more interdependent. We swing the pendulum all the way the other way. And we're like, well, that didn't work. Right. Like a painting, if you go back to art, if it's all black and I'm like, oh, well, it's too dark. Oh, okay, I paint a whole bunch of white and be like, no, it's still not good. I paint a whole bunch of black. Right. So it's a balance. If you look at a good piece of art, it's usually broken into thirds. You know, and when you, you know, uh, when you look in, the, in this amazing book, it's a, this, this book is like an encyclopedia. What it did is it kind of did my homework, you know, uh, like, okay, does this concept really flow through architecture, art, biology, you know, myth? Yeah, it does. So now I can, I see that there's a rhythm of a major and a minor throughout all of life. And if I can understand my majors in terms of my personality, I'll know what to work on. I won't be sabotaging my, myself. Uh, it'll, it'll just be, to me, it's just more efficient. So much. Even somebody who doesn't have experience with art, they create a piece of art themselves and look at it and go, nah, it's not very good. Yeah. It's but like, just like our life, we're creating this sort of yeah. art, but we're just winging it maybe. And so you're creating, I know this, you're creating kind of a model or a roadmap for people to be able to take all of this information that you've gathered in your 30 plus years of really diving deeply into this stuff. Yeah. And, and help us, you know, look at our duality, look at our balance, look at how we're creating this sort of art of life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, I believe, you know, uh, the most powerful thing you can give to anybody is a good idea. You know, and to me, a good idea is is an idea that you can take in and see if it works for yourself. You know, not not some uh, not some idea that's flying at thirty thousand feet. You know, I want a good idea that's going to help me to understand how I operate, and more effectively, if I want to be making these changes that I want to be making in my life, what you know, what is it? You know, um. Maslow triangle you remember that mm -hmm. I, that, that hierarchy of needs that, that, that it comes back to me now is that you know we have to feel safe you know you know and then once we feel safe we have to know well what group do we want to be in 
And then, and then we want to know, um, uh, you know, well, what, what is it that I do that's, that, that's special? And then, and then you move into that last part of which th I'm so interested in is like, what is beyond me? What is beyond my ego? And I have to tell you this understanding of paradox, this duality is, is leading me to a, this very interesting understanding of, of how simple oneness might be, you know? Like in the spiritual, in the, worldly, create, just like energy. It, exactly. You know, and, and I, it's such a, you know, the, I would say the spiritual quest has been, you know, ever since my early 20s has really been the major focus, you know, and, and using, you know, this, this whole psychology work of, you know, in, in connecting with people is really, well, well who am I? What, what is this all about? And I'm finding, yeah, golly, there's actually, once, once I understand duality, once I understand that it, it's opposing forces, there's something comforting that is is happening to mm -hmm. to me my in my my face like in that you know you know like yesterday in the boat was a perfect example of this is that if if you talk to old friends of mine they would probably say bob is a pretty thin skin <laughs> he takes things personally <laughs> he's not great with yeah. critical feedback yeah <laughs> you were getting a lot yesterday I, you went fishing yesterday fly yeah, fishing yeah. i couldn't believe how good i felt getting your feedback not taking yeah. um, offense to it because you know i i am i understand how to be interdependent more I know that that okay no I'm gonna I'm gonna get in a boat and I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to do it and I'm, and I'm gonna be able to do it right and I want want to get their good feedback all that kind of went out the door it was like wow I'm learning a new thing you know and and in learning this new thing I have to be independent I I have to be doing it but I really need a big dose of interdependence right I wasn't thinking that way you know like yeah. I wasn't but that's kind of what happened yeah. and. And I love getting your guys' feedback is, wow, you know, you took a lot of harsh, hard feedback. Oh it wasn't, God. it wasn't, but, but it was loving. It was loving. Yeah. yeah. But, but there's something about that that makes me, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know, Lane. It's a, the, this might be, I think this is more info for another uh, talk that we, we might have because I, I don't want to muddy the waters of uh, I, I want to stick with this concept of duality that I feel is is like almost a hack into the personality yeah well in that because I, I felt that and I'm like we we could do a whole conversation and just really the art of taking feedback and how to pack that because yesterday we went fly fishing you had not fished much at all yeah uh and tom and i my my fishing partner and good friend we were giving you more feedback than probably we've ever given anybody <laughs> and you were just like i love it like thank you and we're just like how long is his fuse like how much can he take and you're like rocky you know we're just giving you body blow body blow the fish are giving you feedback snapped it off you know lost that one the line is giving you feedback it's wrapped up you know and you're just I'm loving every second. I'm like, every second? <laughs> I'm like, you know? And the, yeah. the joy in, in you. And I really think that, 
you know, you've discovered a sense of the fountain of youth. Can I tell people your age? Like, sure. I mean, people are seeing you on the screen here. If you're watching, you, you have discovered the fountain of youth. You are 73 years old. Is that Four. Right? 74. We are 20 years apart. And um, I've known you 20 plus years and you just get younger in your spirit and your physio. You're just in amazing shape. And I know, um, you know, we're going to travel together. I want to learn more from you. Uh, and this is just the beginning. I want this to be a beginning of a conversation for our listeners out there who are discovering this Bob Petrello person. Uh, you're a you're a mentor for me. You've been like this teacher for so many, uh, and just this is just a scratching the surface of of what you're doing and how to awaken the, I think, understanding of duality. And it's done that for me. Like, and it's it's really intensely personal. Um, and I see it in just who you are right now. Uh, it's so beautiful to see where you are with art and with your your leadership, coaching. You, you've never marketed yourself. Right. You're just, it's all word of mouth. You, I don't think I've ever seen a business card or letterhead <laughs> or you, you even, you always tell me like, I don't even have contracts with my clients. I just, they say when to show up and you show up. Um, and you've been at it a long time and yeah. I know you don't need the work. I think the person who wrote the book is passed away, right? So you're not Correct. pumping somebody's no. book. Who's out there. No, this is like a gift to the universe, I think, and to all of us, what you're embarking on and whatever I can do to help really put it into a, a format that people can mm -hmm. absorb what you've discovered. I'm totally committed to that. Well, you know, one one thing, hey, listeners out there, I, I'm really curious if if you ever give feedback to Lane's podcast, let me know how how did it sound? Does it sound does it sound like it's uh, crazy or does it sound like you you got something that you might be able to, to play with? I'd be very interested in that. Yeah, because I'm really not doing this for me, Lane. I don't like I feel like this is something I um you know, I'm in that semi-retirement mode. I, I, I don't feel like I have another thing I got to do, but I feel like it's so, I feel like it's the energy coming through me that wants this, wants to talk about, about this. And so that's kind of how I worked my, you know, when I, my career, you know, I'll, I'll work if the end, if there's work there, you know, and yeah. um, the same with this, if this is helpful to people, yeah, I, I, I want to get it out there, but um, I'm not looking to make a big business from yeah. this. Well, you told me a long time ago when we were just talking, maybe before Pergam and you, and you, I think you were talking about Buddha or something. You're just like, do your work, Lane. Like, discover what your work is and then do that. And you always have such peace. And I'm like, I'm going here, I'm going <laughs> there. I'm like, kids, and I want to write a book and all that. And, and you always just drop in such beautiful wisdom to me. Uh, and I'm thankful to you. I'm thankful you spent some time here today at You Go First and the lessons from the Odyssey. You're a big part of my Odyssey or journey of life and uh, look forward to learning a lot more from you. Thanks. This yeah. is fun. I love you, brother. Yeah, I love you too, man. And I appreciate uh, the gift of being able to help get the message out because like you said, like it's just coming out of you and I want to help try to package it. Ross and I are excited to get to try to catch this genie in a bottle and share it with the world um, because you move with such just joy and just like appreciation for the world around you. And, and people need more of that. Um, most people are pretty unsatisfied mm. with their existence and they're, they maybe don't know what they're looking for. They're thinking if I had shredded abs, I'd be happy, <laughs> you know, and if I had a nicer car, I'd be happy. And if I had, if my spouse would just do this, I'd be happy or my kids could, and, and 
and those things don't happen you know it's just there's 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 something missing from that strategy yeah. and, and i think you're on to it i really think you're on to it yeah. Thank you, brother. All right. So listeners out there, look for some more from Bob Petrello because we're not going to let him off that easy. We're going to get some more of this uh, conversation going. Um, and so thank you, everybody, for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. Again, like Bob said, throw some feedback into the comments about just how this message resonated with you. Did you think deeply about those questions that he asked me and is asking each of us to think about? And where in your life have you maybe struck the right balance or been looking at creating the wrong balance? And that's why the, the art of your life isn't as beautiful as it could be. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot. And we'll catch you on the next podcast. Thanks for listening to another episode of You Go First. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you want to listen to another episode, you can find us at yougofirst.live or you can see more about our host, Lane Hensley, on his Instagram at OneDreamChaser. To learn more about his company, Odyssey Teams, Inc., go to odysseyteams.com or follow all their social media channels at Odyssey Teams. Thanks again, and we hope that you will go first to share our podcast with a friend or colleague. Now, you go first.